Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host, Amanda, and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22-year-old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I currently go to school full-time at Concordia University studying communication studies. I am recording this and I'm just like, I have a midterm this week and I'm just like, I'm not into that. I'm not down. I'm not down, but it's okay. Um... We got this. We got this. But yeah, so I'm Amanda. Like I said, I'm 22. I study and I also do YouTube. I do Instagram blogging. I have this podcast and I own two businesses. I have a candle company and I have an apparel company and I also do freelance video editing on the side. So that is a little bit about me. This podcast, Behind the Girl Boss, I like to talk things all business lifestyle, lifestyle, business by themselves and just life sometimes. And I've been having such amazing guests on and as I'm recording this, I I manifested to get one of my dream guests and I'm just like, I'm trying to process it still, like I'm like Loki still shook and you'll probably hear the episode in about two weeks or something. Um, I'm recording with this guest soon and I'm just like, I'm so shook. Anyways, just want to see manifestation works. Um, yep. Thanks. That's it. That's all I got to say. But yeah, this podcast, um, I enjoy talking to individuals about their journey, their creative journeys, their journeys on YouTube, their journeys with their business, things as such. And on today's podcast episode, we have another guest and her name is Carter Sullivan. So Carter is a Canadian content creator. She creates content about work. So she does like work week in my life and they're so interesting and just it's so cool to be able to chat and like watch another fellow content creator that is from Canada because there's not many of us. So yeah, in this episode, we talk all about her time at college. Um, We talk about her working in corporate healthcare, her YouTube channel and how she balances everything out. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here we go. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today I'm here with Carter. So hi, Carter. Do you want to start off by just telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Carter. I'm 23. I live in Ottawa, Ontario, which is in Canada. I work full-time in corporate healthcare as well as manage a YouTube channel and I guess just doing content creation in general and recently graduated undergrad and just kind of in that fun post-grad time in my life. I just moved out and got a dog and yeah. Love that. Um, so before we jump into the questions, I like to do a little hot seat segment before yep. we get into it. So if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, that is so easy. Florida, hands down. My boyfriend and I talk about all the time, just like getting up and, and moving in the next few years. And it would definitely be Florida. I'm a huge Disney World person. My parents mm-hmm. actually live down there or my dad and my step um, do so um it'd be really neat to like live down there and be close to family there and um i have a pretty um bad seasonal affective disorder so the thought of being in the sun all year round just makes me so happy yes it would be like compared to like where we live it would be yeah. such a big weather change and i don't know about anyone listening but ottawa gets really bad winters like minus 30 so mm-hmm. i need to get out of this asap no I feel that like we kind of we only live like an hour away from I think each other, an hour are so you like, Montreal right uh yeah. no yeah. yeah Montreal an hour and a half we were actually in Montreal this time last year Aww. I'll have to come visit you one day because we love Montreal <laughs> yes I was in Ottawa actually like a few months ago oh, really? with my family oh, um so but fun. yeah <laughs> 
Um, the next one is, what is your go-to Starbucks drink? Ooh, okay. I just filmed like a whole video on this, but my new go-to is a cold brew with the cinnamon almond foam and then a pump of pumpkin in the foam because I don't like super sweet drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the pumpkin cold foam, cold brew, whatever it's called, but it's way too sweet for me. So I just get one pump of pumpkin in the foam and then I'm lactose intolerant. So I get the almond foam, which is amazing. I'm what lactose also. You have a fall go-to order? Um, so I don't like pumpkin or pumpkin spice or anything like that. So I'm not on that train. Um, there's a drink that they have at Starbucks, but I haven't had it yet, but I always get it. I think it's like, what is it? It's a fall drink though. I don't know, but I like the, no, I don't like, I don't like cinnamon either. I'm weird. Um, I don't know what it is, but I like the like Christmas drinks more. Oh yes. I can't wait for Christmas time. Like the creme brulee latte. (laughs) Have you had the apple flat white? I haven't, but I heard that it's good. It's so good. It tastes like an apple pie. And that's like the only drink I can actually drink like full sweetness because apple mm-hmm. is not like super sweet. It tastes like an apple pie. Get it iced. I will try it. that. I haven't yeah, tried it yet. And the last one is who is your celebrity crush? Ooh, it's so hard. <laughs> Probably. Um... Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark is like my man in Avengers. Yes. Downey, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Love that. Um, so basically I split like the podcast questions yep. into we're gonna start off with your college life. Okay. Um, then your job, like yep. your working life, and then YouTube, and then we're gonna end with Instagram questions that I got. Awesome. So where did you go to college and what was your major? I went to the University of Ottawa. I did a four-year bachelor's in, I actually started in health sciences and psychology, and then I switched to psychology and gerontology, which is the um, the health study of aging populations. And I actually did it in five years because I took a whole year to do research with a prof. Um, but yeah, went to U Ottawa, kind of regret it, not going to lie, <laughs> but it's all good. Did you have like a second university that you wanted to go to Carleton was my second my parents really wanted me to go away and at the time I was dating a guy in high school and you know advice to anyone listening to this in high school please do not make your college decisions <laughs> on a man because you probably won't end up with him but my parents really wanted me to go to Queens and we toured it and I loved it but I really didn't want to be far away from home which big mm-hmm. mistake I should have gone and done it and then my in Ottawa at least it's very like Ottawa U Carleton are only universities and it's very um in high school, it's like very prestigious to go to Ottawa U and Carleton's kind of like everyone's backup. Like Carleton's mm-hmm. a school that everyone gets into or that's how it's known in high school. And so I applied to Carleton. I didn't even go tour it. And I declined my offer and went to Ottawa U to do a program I really, in the end, I'm not using um, just because it was like a more prestigious thing. But mm-hmm. I'm really, really sad. I had gotten into Carleton for neuroscience and I really wish I'd pursued that because I think it would have been a bit more interesting than psych um but yeah I had backup options I wish I had like looked into it more I definitely did not want to know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life and I don't think anyone does at 18 yeah no um yeah kind of regret but I mean I don't think you should regret things in life and it was a good experience but I wish I'd kind of put more thought into it in high school no I feel that like in high school I feel like we're just like so young and like I don't know what I'm doing so like I just follow what other people say is like the right thing to do but it's like yeah it's hard. And it's funny because I always knew I wanted to go into healthcare and it was like, I really want to be a doctor. <clears throat> so that was my goal. And then undergrad, I was like, I don't want to go through that much school. I'll just be a nurse. And mm-hmm. then it was like, 
not that I felt like I was disappointing my parents, but when I really decided I loved social media and like content creation and like marketing and stuff, I kind of felt like that was like a disappointment to go from like medicine to that. But then I had Mm -hmm. to realize, you know, you just do your own thing, whatever makes you happy. But um, I do wish I had like gone back and maybe done like a marketing minor or something. Just, I think that Mm -hmm. would have helped me with my job because it's kind of hard to apply for jobs with like a psychology degree. And like I do YouTube because I know they're going to go look at YouTube when that's like the only experience I have. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, so how would you describe your college lifestyle? Because I feel like the the Canada and like the States so are different. so different. So how would you like describe yours? I feel like, who did you have on recently that said the same thing that said they were a commuter student? Was it Tess? It might be Tess. Um, I, don't, I don't know. But anyways, you had someone on recently that said that they had, they were commuting and I was a commuter student. Um, I was about 20 minutes from campus and I don't necessarily regret it because I saved a lot of money not going mm-hmm. away to college, but I definitely didn't get the full college university experience. Um, I was never a big partier and I still really am not. Like I didn't do frosh. I didn't, I honestly like didn't make any friends in undergrad, which sounds so bad, but like I was there to learn and that was it. I had a full-time job all throughout undergrad. So for me, it was like go to school. And then since I'm commuting, I'm leaving right after class. I never stuck around on campus. Mm-hmm. I didn't really make much friends. I didn't really join any clubs. So I feel like I kind of have like a biased experience just because I was a commuter student yeah. and I wasn't on campus a lot. Like everyone is always like, oh, I made so many friends. Or like I found my soulmate and yes. all that stuff. And I was like, I just went to the class to learn and leave and I don't regret it at all. Um, but I definitely had like a bit of a different experience, but like I didn't, wasn't in the sorority or anything like that. And I feel like schools in the States looks so fun, but also y'all in way more student debt. So at the same time, I'm like, it looks fun, but n- not for me. Thank you. You know, I feel that I'm exactly the same. Cause I also commute to school. Cause yeah. I live like 15 minutes from like where my school is. Um, and I go to class and I leave directly like yeah. after it. I, especially right now with online school like I'm not making friends like there's no way oh no I feel bad for the freshmen like they're really not making yeah but I had a lot of like my high school friends in my classes like my Mm -hmm. good girl like my good group of girlfriends so I I kept them and I made a few friends like you know in upper year classes when the classes Mm -hmm. get smaller and smaller like I definitely made some friends in those but to me like going to college was like getting a green and learning it wasn't yeah the party but that's just my opinion on it no I feel that my house by myself honestly then go to a house party but me too. I mean, yeah. I like my company sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you kind of brushed upon this a bit, but do you think you'd ever go back and do a different program in the end? Um, so it's something I've actually started opening up a bit more about on my YouTube channel, but originally I wanted to either do PA school or nursing school or get my master's right after school. Um, and then I actually, in May when I graduated, I had a bit of, I want to say post-grad depression or like, I just like couldn't grasp the fact that I'd graduated and I actually applied to do a second bachelor's degree um the day I graduated online just because I was in such denial that school was done Mm -hmm. and so I announced that and I was super excited and then I kind of had this realization after like talking to my boyfriend about it and stuff that I just did that because I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life and Mm -hmm. it seemed like the safe option when like financially it would be stupid to go back and I'm not saying that this is everyone's path but for me at least you know, I'm super grateful. My dad paid for my student loans all throughout undergrad, um, except for my fifth year because I chose to take a fifth year. So mm-hmm. I paid for that. So I have one year of student loans, which isn't nearly as bad as, as some people. Yeah. Um, but I want to have that paid off and get a bit of job experience before doing anything. Um, I have the whole rest of my life to go back to school if I really want yeah. to. And 
maybe I'll get like a certificate in marketing or social media management or something. But at the same time, I also feel like people need to start considering job experience versus like just a degree mm-hmm. on paper. Um, but my boyfriend and I both want to go back for our masters and at some point, hopefully maybe we'll see, but it can totally change then. But the masters I would like to apply to potentially, um, you need five years of full-time job experience, um, because okay. it's for health management, like to do upper level management in hospitals. Um, so I couldn't even apply to it now anyway. So it kind of yeah. just came about that I'll take a few years work, pay off my student loans. And ultimately I really just want to see where my YouTube channel goes. Mm-hmm. I know it's not a permanent thing but you never know where it might take you and so I've learned to accept like this is where I'm going right now and that's okay and whatever makes you happy like who cares what people think about you not yeah. doing more school I mean Loki there's also not even Loki I say that too much but there's a lot of um like doctors and stuff that are full-time doctors and they also do YouTube and yeah. I think like you could do both and it's like totally oh for sure and, okay. and ideally I would do both and and yeah we'll see like I say I want to do my master's but that could totally change and I think that the hard thing about social media is like people very much hold you to like what you say Mm -hmm. and so who knows what I'll do maybe I'll go become a PA or a nurse or I have no idea but for now I'm content not doing any more school and just paying off my student loans love that so I believe right now you work in corporate healthcare. yeah So do you want to explain a little bit about like what that is and what your job entails? Yeah. So I feel like no one talks about the corporate side of healthcare, but it takes so many different jobs to run a hospital. And I think people just think of like nurses, doctors, that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I work as an inpatient clerk. I actually work two full-time jobs right now. I work as an inpatient clerk, which is basically like the admin in the unit you're working on. I work in cancer care, which I absolutely love. I've been there for three years and that's actually where I met my boyfriend. Um, and then I also work full-time in project scheduling um, at the children's hospital next door. And that is a very corporate-like job. So at the beginning of COVID, we basically had a ton of like clinics and stuff close, um, like outpatient clinics. So if you came, let's say, to the hospital to get a referral for like a, to see, I don't really know, an allergist or something. Like mm-hmm. none of those clinics were working or open. So we had all these staff that didn't have hours. And so we had to like sit down and brainstorm things that we could do throughout the pandemic and basically launch this whole new project. Um, so we developed some screening and some apps and just different jobs, like making sure people are wearing their masks and stuff throughout the hospital. And I kind of am in charge of the whole admin side of that and like the payroll mm-hmm. side of that, um, which has been really, really interesting. Um, it takes a lot more to run a hospital than you think, honestly, but I actually accepted a job offer today. And so I will be staying in corporate healthcare, but, uh, in a different role. We love that. Well, good job. Congrats. Thank you. Um, so like, did you have any prior experience or internships before jumping into this type of work? So I worked as a medical admin all throughout undergrad. Um, so I worked at a doctor's office, taking like vitals, bringing patients to rooms, the more hands-on side of healthcare, because I did really want to go into more of like a nursing doctor position. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got my job at the hospital. Um, and then from there, it's, it's really easy to get jobs within the hospital. It's a very internal process. It's not a lot of external applicants. So kind of once you're in, you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got that and then I got my job at the second hospital, um, just like kind of on a whim, I wanted a casual job. And so I really wanted to have my foot in the door in two hospitals, especially Ottawa. We only have like three. So I want to have my foot in the door in as many places as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of always had that medical background. Um, but becoming a medical assistant was like my first healthcare job in, um, university. Okay. Awesome. So what would you say is the most rewarding or best part about your job? 
So not on the corporate healthcare side, but at least as a clerk, um, I, like I said, I work in cancer care, I specifically mm-hmm. work in blood cancers. So leukemias and autoimmune disorders, like multiple sclerosis, stuff like that. And we are seeing people going through the hardest like times in their life and the lowest point in their life and the sickest point in their life because they don't have an immune system and seeing them come out on the other side is the most rewarding thing in the world. And just like being able to chat with someone about their life and put a smile on their face is the best feeling in the world. We also were one of the units that was very deeply affected by COVID throughout the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, We were one of the first units to have a COVID outbreak at our hospital. Um, About half of our staff was out sick and a few patients. I don't know how much information I can give, but a few patients and seeing these people with no immune system conquer COVID like yeah. it gives me goosebumps like I I just I can't believe it they couldn't have anyone in the hospital visiting them like morale was just so low and they still came out on the other side and it was so amazing to to say that I got to help with that during a pandemic yeah I can't I can't like imagine like working in a hospital during these times it was it's scary you know we thought it would never affect us um I kind of touched on this on this on Kalo's podcast but it we never thought it would affect us. We're in cancer care. Um, we're a very locked mm-hmm. up unit. Like most places in the hospital, you can kind of just walk right in. We are like locked. You have to phone to get in. You have to have a badge. We were like, COVID's never going to get us. We're safe. Somehow it got in. We still don't mm-hmm. really know how, whether it was a family member, a patient, a staff, we have no idea where it came from, but it took us all down so quick. And I remember sitting on the couch and this was kind of where we didn't really know what, like how serious COVID was. You yeah. Know, it was like March and we were like, oh, okay, why is the whole country shutting down? Like mm-hmm. someone ate a bat and what's going on (laughs) yeah and they called me and said like hi is this Carter and I said yeah and they said oh this is infection control and I was like hi and they said oh you've had a high risk exposure to COVID you need to be off and isolate and I was like and obviously they can't really tell you where it came from unless the person was a so I was just like a huge shock that we weren't expecting Mm -hmm. it was definitely scary especially the beginning when we kind of just didn't really know anything about it yeah whereas now we're we have a little bit of education on it but it was definitely scary but kind of also cool to say that you know like I worked hands-on during COVID it's, mm-hmm. it's an experience I'll always have for sure I feel like I never thought that we'd actually live through something like this and like in Montreal right now we're going through our, like our second lockdown we are and everything going, yeah it's it's getting it's, intense again yeah it's like but stuff is still all open so for us at least all of our COVID outbreaks right now are like in um, schools and like through mm-hmm. private gatherings so they're not closing down any stores or anything because it's not really being transmitted like from going through there yeah but it's mm-hmm. weird to think we're going through a second wave and like yeah. everything is still open. Yeah, for us, like we like re- like effective today, like they closed restaurants and stuff. Oh, wow. Like stores oh gosh, are still open. Really hitting you guys. Yeah, like stores I mean, are still open, but not restaurants and stuff. So it's kind I don't of hard know what's too because we're getting to that time where patios, like our patios, are open till Christmas. They just extended it, but like I don't know who's going to eat outside. Right oh my now. gosh, no. <laughs> yeah, so. it's freezing. No, thank you. <laughs> um, so like, what would you say is the biggest challenge with your job? Um, definitely going to touch on this in a video coming about kind of like why I'm quitting my job, but the stress, uh, there's so much stress behind the scenes in healthcare mm-hmm. that you don't notice. Um, and with COVID and everything, the whole hospital is short staffed. We are calling emergency codes, not like patient death codes, but like infrastructure failure codes because we're yeah. so short staffed because with schools opening back up, anytime a kid has a runny nose, they're being sent away to swab. And then that means the whole family's out of work. And it's really been a struggle. And it's it's taken a, a big mental and physical toll on a lot of people. So I think sure. that is definitely the most challenging and stressful part right now. Um, but I'm so grateful I have a lot of jobs. Like so many people don't. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's 
kind of between a rock and a hard place that I can't really complain, but also, you know, you grieve and you can complain about what you want to. And in a pandemic, we're all going through it differently, but the stress that we've had to endure from a pandemic in healthcare is just through the roof. It's insane. You know, I can imagine. Like, I feel like everyone, like, as a society is already, like, stressed, but I feel like when you're in a spot where, like, it's even more stressful and there's even more, like, exposure to it, I feel like it's just another level. It's just, like, amplified. Yeah. And then you start getting stressed and then you start, for us at least, my boyfriend and I, it was to the point where we were so stressed that we were like making ourselves sick. And then we're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, do we have COVID? Where did the sore throat come from? And then you just start like imagining things. And it was, yes, it's been a journey. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Lots of wine um, has been consumed. Yes, wine. What, te- what is your favorite type of wine? I'm a dry wine gal. I don't like it sweet. I'm a Pinot Grigio gal or Chardonnay, but I have started drinking red wine and it's not as bad as I thought it was. Okay, I'm the opposite. I like sweet wines. Oh, really? I like 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 white wines or like Mm. rosés and stuff. I like a Moscato on a on a special occasion. That that is good. I have to say. (laughs) Yes, I don't like dry wines. I don't know why, but um, it just like doesn't do it for me. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Um. So we're gonna kind of switch into like your YouTube and content creating now. When did you start your YouTube channel and why? So I started my YouTube channel, like, I don't even know when, 2013. I originally started my channel because I have a horse, um, my horseback ride, and I wanted to document that journey. Mm-hmm. And that kind of blew up overnight. I think this was back before anyone, like, used tags or the algorithm yeah. or, like, anything. And I had my first two videos hit, like, 30,000 views. And I was like, oh, my God, this oh my is gosh, so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so then I did that, and that's how I got that audience. Um, and then I started undergrad, and I started doing the college blog thing. And then it wasn't getting views because my audience was all in this one niche that now mm-hmm. is filming things in a different niche um so then I kind of stopped for like a few months um and then I actually made the decision to stop filming I was just getting so busy with college that I really just couldn't go to the barn and see my horse and stuff and yeah and so then I made the decision to like I'm gonna upload the content I want to upload I will find a new niche of followers and the people that want to watch my stuff will watch it and so mm-hmm. for the, about a year or two I kind of went through doing college vlogs they did okay you know, it was just fun to look back on and it still is. And then last year, my last year of college, um, it really just took off. Um, not really even took off. I had like 10,000 followers, but, um, something just hit the algorithm. Right. And then I got a good niche of following when I did that. And then I graduated and I kind of had this, Oh my God, like, what am I going to film now? Everyone mm-hmm. came to watch the college vlogs. And I started the post-grad and the work weeks. And that seems to be my, my new niche. But that's kind of how I got started in a whole different niche than I'm in now, yes. literally. But I feel like that happens with, like, a lot of people. Everyone. Like, the content that I started with, like, seven years ago is, like, not yeah. at all the same that I'm Even doing Even YouTube now. has evolved, right? Like, it was mm-hmm. all makeup, beauty, hair styles, DIYs. And now it's, like, these people crying on camera because we want to yeah. see, like, raw emotion, which I love. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's changed so much. Yeah. Um, so what do you shoot and edit with? I shoot with a Canon, I don't even know what camera I have, Canon M100, I believe. It's the best starter camera in the world. I highly recommend to anyone watching this. It's cheaper than the G7X and the same quality. But I recently upgraded to the Canon M50. I'm really excited about that. I think that's what Julia and Julia, I never know to say name, Julia Christ, Christ. I think I had her on my podcast and I believe she said Christ. Christ and Lauren don't shoot on the M50 and I got it in the mail. This is in my vlog today that I uploaded, but I got it in the mail the other day and I was so excited and they sent me a defective <laughs> camera. Oh, we uh, love so that. So I had to return it. I was so sad. 
Um, so I have a Canon M100 right now, switching to the M50, and then I edit on iMovie. I really want to do Final Cut Pro, but it really confuses the heck out of me. So. Honestly, I used to edit on iMovie, then I switched to Final Cut, and like the first like week or two, I was confused, but after it, like yeah, I feel like everyone like Catherine June and stuff says it's so much easier to color grade, and like I have to mm-hmm. color grade every single um clip and it never turns out the same and I just feel like Final Cut Pro would be better for that so I might do the free trial maybe yeah and like test it out and like try it out it'll be easy once you like get into it get into it yeah um so do you ever feel at a disadvantage being a Canadian creator (sighs) yes and no um it's kind of hard because living through a pandemic right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to say that like, there's not really a much going on in terms of like trips and all that stuff. Yeah. But I used to think so. And I kind of used to like, let that get to me. Like I'll never make it big because I'm in Canada, but literally mm-hmm. no one cares where you live. If anything, I get so much feedback and the majority of my comments are, oh my God, I'm so happy I found another Canadian YouTuber to watch or someone that can go through the same things that I go through and can relate to so I actually think now I have it more to my advantage than my disadvantage people are always like I love that you don't have Target and like I love that you have Tim Hortons and all these things that people can relate to me with um and my demographic is like slowly going from U.S. to Canada which I think is so so cool and um I've gained a big Ottawa following just showing things around Ottawa Mm -hmm. and road trips and so that's been really really fun so I used to think it was a disadvantage and now I think it's an advantage and when everything kind of slows down with the pandemic we'll see where it goes you know I would love to like head to Toronto and maybe do some stuff with some brands or Montreal or or bigger city but yeah you got to turn your mindset it's all about the mindset for sure I feel that because honestly like myself I love to like find other creators in Canada because there's not like that many there really that like I know like I think like who do I watch that's big and in Canada there's like like, Emma Rose Emma Rose Tara Michelle just moved back to Canada yeah we love that and then, Sylvia Ganny, Ganny, don't know that person. Wolfie's girlfriend. They're from Ottawa, actually. Okay. Um, but they lived in LA. But everyone's slowly leaving LA, and I'm like for it. Like to me, mm-hmm. I really, and this is like such an unpopular opinion, but I don't like to watch the vloggers that live in LA. Like I just can't relate. And I think it's that's the same why thing every time too. Love to watch other Canadian influencers mm-hmm. is because like I don't like. I love them. Like I love Alicia and Remy and stuff, but I can't relate yeah. to any of their content. And therefore I just slowly stopped watching it. Whereas people like in more small towns or even people like in Dallas or Texas or even Kenzie, like I stopped watching Kenzie. And then when she moved to Dallas, I started watching her again. I'm mm-hmm. just over the oversaturated LA. Yeah. But that's just a personal preference. But I definitely think that uh, being Canadian actually kind of helps. And I've honestly shifted from, like, there's still a few, quote-unquote, like, influencers that just do that that I enjoy watching, like, Michelle Reed and Tara Michelle and those people, but mm-hmm. I really enjoy watching people's content that I can relate to, like, people that have jobs and people that work, and yeah, kind of the content I gravitate towards now, like, I love Amy Roach, or Roch, I don't know how to say her name, she does work week videos, um, or even just, like, anyone in college that I can relate to something that they're doing. Um, but I, I tend to be kind of straying away from like the just influencer content, which mm-hmm. is fault to their own, but I just relate a bit more to the work. Closer. Yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there's a sense of a creator community in Ottawa? There is. There's actually a big Instagram blogger community in Ottawa. Definitely not YouTube. I actually don't know any other influencers, influencers, YouTubers in mm-hmm. Ottawa besides like there's one girl that vlogs that goes to Ottawa but that's it. I really don't think there's anyone. I've never 
met anyone. Um, there's like one blogger who does YouTube. Actually, she's pretty big. I don't remember her name, Erin something. She, I actually just realized she was in Ottawa. Um, I don't know if you watch Angie Belmare. No. No, she's in Ottawa. She's pretty big. She's like 300K. Um, she's really, really awesome. But she is in Ottawa. But besides that, there's no like work week, post-grad content stuff in, in Ottawa. There's a big Instagram blogger community. Um, mm-hmm. Slowly, like, uh, I'm trying to think of people like Mel's Hangry Table. There's a few of them, um, but it's definitely not not too too big, which I kind of like because it gives you more opportunity to kind of squeeze into that niche yeah. and to squeeze into the community um, and just making friends with people in the community that do the blogger thing. I'm really trying to up my Instagram game because I feel like that is such a big component to YouTube. Like YouTube yeah. is great, but then people are going to go follow you on Instagram and they're only going to want to follow you if you have the content and. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been trying to up that and just like DMing the blogger community and asking them for tips and stuff kind of helped me get my name out there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely an Instagram community and not YouTube, but I kind of like that because being part of that Ottawa YouTube community is, there's room to grow. For sure. I understand that too. Like in Montreal, we have like a semi, like it's getting bigger, but it's a lot of like French people. It and is like, like I watch them, um, Lucie Réaume. Yeah. Yeah, but she's like the only one. And I guess Zoe, Zoe too. But those are the only two mm-hmm. I know from Montreal. Yeah, like the rest are just like French creators. And like, although I understand like their content, it's just like, I don't want to watch it. No, yeah. totally. And like, it's hard to like, like you could be friends with them. But like, if you want to like collab together, ever work together, it's kind of hard to like do that just because their following is French and then you're so English. So yeah. it doesn't like mesh together. No, I totally agree. Um. So how do you like basically pre-COVID, how do you balance like a job with YouTube and a social life? So honestly, I don't really have much of a social life. Um, I live with my boyfriend and so, you know, I see him all the time here. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have a few close girlfriends. I'm actually really close with my boyfriend's family. Like my sister-in-laws are like my best friends. So I see (laughs) them a lot, but I have a few close friends and luckily my friends are really good about like helping me shoot content and stuff. So it's always kind of nice to be able to like do a two in one, like shoot a little content, go for dinner. Um, but honestly, and I say this a lot, people ask me how I juggle all the time. I'm really fortunate that I have a job that has downtime. Um, if I didn't, I don't know how I would do it yeah. in terms of pre-COVID. Um, but I had a lot of downtime at my job. And so I was able to like edit and get stuff done while I was at work. And then with COVID, it is a bit easier when you're working from home. Like I can take lunch breaks and record podcasts or I can yeah. film throughout my day because I'm at home. So it is a bit easier. Um, and but before COVID, it was definitely a struggle, but I always say this and it's so cheesy, but like, if you want something, you're going to go after it, no matter how hard it is. And people Mm -hmm. always ask me for my advice. And I'm like, it's so simple. Like if you want something bad enough, you're going to go for it no matter what. And I think having a supportive system helps too. Like my boyfriend is literally like my biggest fan. He's always supporting me, checking up on my subscriber count. (laughs) And like, he's just my biggest fan. I think that helps too, to have a really great support system. Um, but yeah, it's so simple, but like, if you really want it bad enough, you're going to do whatever it takes. A hundred percent. So you just hit 13,000, I think like yep. a few days yesterday. ago, yesterday, yesterday, that's on that. Um, how would you like describe the growth? I know you said at the beginning that like, um, with like your like horseback riding content, yep. you, it kind of blew it up a bit, but like, how would you describe like the growth since you started like your new type of content? It was, 
I was really stagnant for a while and it's, it's really hard to not let numbers get to you mm-hmm. as much as you, you know, you try not to pay attention to them, especially when you're yeah. doing everything you can. Like I was uploading two times a week. I had decent thumbnails. I was using tags. I, I just couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong or that what wasn't hitting the algorithm right. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it literally takes one video um, to hit the algorithm. The growth's been slow, but recently it's been picking up insanely. I went from I, my September goal was 12K and then I hit 13K in September and now I'm at 13.2 and it just takes one video, but honestly, consistency was like key. Yeah. Because people find a video, let's say they found my fall morning routine and clicked on that and like, oh, she has good content. And then clicks on my channel and sees that there's like one video to watch. So like, okay, I'm not going to subscribe to her. She has no content, but having that consistent content, I think helped a lot. Um, but it's definitely more, the growth is happening a lot quicker now, which so, so grateful for. Um, and it's nice to just see like the hard work that you put in is, is paying off. Yeah. I saw, I think I'm pretty sure it was you that you want to do five videos a week now for Vlogtober. Attempt Vlogtober, but I just can't commit to seven. It's like way too much. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try five. And if I can't, I'll go down to four, especially starting a new job. I just don't, it's a work from home job, but I just, I don't know how it's going to go. We'll see. But I think the really cool thing about September, at least, was I tried a lot of different content. Um, mm-hmm. And regardless if it did well or not, I'm kind of hoping to do that in October and just kind of experiment because I find, find that so helpful. Like I filmed like a trying Starbucks drinks, which I never would have filmed before, mm-hmm. but I did it just yeah. for fun. Um, the fall shop and decorate with me, definitely more like the home decor niche. Um, even the morning and fall and night routine, I kind of tried to put a bit more effort into that and make it a little more yeah. aesthetic. Um, but trying out new content this month. So we'll see if I can do it. I'm trying to plan and be a week ahead. Mm-hmm. But we'll That's see. important. We'll see. Love that. Um, so the last part is basically questions I got on Instagram. I yeah. actually got a lot. So I picked like my favorite yeah. ones. Um, so the first one is how to stay motivated when you're not seeing the results you want. So I definitely feel like I struggled with that in terms of YouTube. And I feel like you can take that question so many ways where it's like mm-hmm. working out or school studying, but at least with YouTube, you have to think of the end results and there's going to be so many bumps in the road. And I remember being stuck at eight, not stuck, but being at 8k for forever. It felt like, and like I said, I was putting mm-hmm. in the work and I couldn't figure out what was not working. And one day it just will one day you'll get the new following, you'll get the new followers slowly. I always say slow growth is better than no growth. Like one subscriber mm-hmm. a day is still somewhat new it's on your channel. Yeah. And that's what my boyfriend keeps reminding me. Like 10 subscribers may not seem like much, but 10 subscribers over 10 days is going to add up to hundred new subscribers. And, and so you really just have to know the end goal and know what you want. And it's, there's the people that blow up overnight and like great for them. Like Julia's had her channel for a year and she's at like 200 yeah. K like amazing girl. I'm so happy for you. But um, that's not everyone. It's not mm-hmm. most people and you can't let other people's growth get into your head. Yeah. I love that. Very yeah. important because even yes. like myself, like right now I've been stuck at like 6,600 and like yeah. it's slowly going up, but it like really like and it really I- one, like one thing's just going to hit the algorithm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like sometimes everyone like tends to look at the numbers a little bit too much and yeah. I feel like once you start like shifting away from that it'll yeah. like help you like even like your mental health and stuff like even when I just stopped thinking about it I swear that's when I started growing like when I stopped being so caught up on the numbers and being like I'm just gonna upload and whoever wants to watch it is gonna watch it that's it's when it happens it's when you're not you're not expecting it yes love that um someone else would like to know what is your favorite and least favorite thing about living in Canada Ooh, okay 
Oh, I don't even, I feel like I should have a favorite, but least favorite is just travel. Um, travel is so expensive within Canada and just even yes. just travel to the U.S. This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I don't have like any desire to travel within Canada. It sounds so bad, but there's so many places in the States I want to travel to. Like Me we too. really want to go to Disneyland. I want to go visit Kayla in California. I want to go to New Orleans, so many places. And it's so cheap to travel within the U.S. Definitely not right now, but I just have no desire. Like I'd maybe love to go to Vancouver one day, but like, that's really about it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my least favorite part is it's so expensive to travel even within Canada. Yeah. Like, I can go to Florida twice for how much it's going to cost me to fly to Vancouver. Yeah, I know. Like, it's crazy. It's just, and then my favorite thing, and I also wish we had Target and Trader Joe's. Like, I don't know why they had to take Target away from us. <laughs> um, favorite thing. Okay. Oh, probably the healthcare. Yes. Healthcare, free definitely. Healthcare. Free healthcare. We love that. We love that. Um, I think it's like low-key just like it blows my mind each time knowing that like some places don't have like literally free health care. It's like, no, it's, it's so sad. My dad went to the hospital in Florida for like a heart attack scare and mm-hmm. he showed me the bill and I was like, and he was like, that's with insurance. And I was like, that's crazy. Dang. Like no wow. other people don't go to the hospital or COVID so bad. No, it's wild. It's like, it's so sad. It's so sad. Um, someone else would like to know what's your favorite part about creating a YouTube video. So I think like the process. Ooh, like a creating a video? Yeah. I love to edit. I think it's so calming. I don't know why. It's just like so satisfying to me, just the process of it. And now, mm-hmm. not that it's like a mindless task, but it's something I'm just so used to now, like import the footage, color grade it all, B-roll this, edit this, intro. I, lo- I love to edit. And that's why I find it so easy for me to get content up so quick is because I typically will edit as a day is happening mm-hmm. so for example like um for vlogtober like my my vlog for today is already edited and done because I just That's love good. to edit so much I just edit mm-hmm. all day long in little chunks which is actually probably a good thing yeah I like I prefer to edit over like filming filming me too and like I absolutely don't know what it is but I hate filming sit down videos and everyone wants to sit down videos and mm-hmm. I just like I don't know what it is I don't know if it's because I have to get ready for them but I just can't I just don't like it no me either like I pre- I think it is like the whole getting ready aspect I prefer to like just vlog Vlogging, and I feel like I'm it's like, more right. natural too I think that's what it is I feel like a vlog is definitely more natural than like sitting down and my sit down videos never really do well which is totally okay like I prefer vlogs mm-hmm. too but yeah I definitely prefer vlogging no I feel that yeah. um another question is who keeps you inspired so I guess like which creators do you like Ooh, watch that inspire okay. you um trying to think I love Allison Bickerstaff she is like probably hands down my favorite creator her content is just so calming and cozy and I love her she's a Florida gal she's a Disney gal so obviously (laughs) I love that but yeah her content is what I strive for she's just so like real and authentic but like also just so calming to watch I love her and I love Tara Michelle even though her content Mm -hmm isn't even in like the typical like productive aesthetic like Catherine June is like the ultimate productive aesthetic looking influencer out Mm -hmm. there but I love Tara Michelle I always have from day one um just how like random and like raw her vlogs are yeah love that um and the last question that I have is what's your best piece of advice for small creators Ooh, okay I always have the a few tips that I give to everyone is be consistent because like I said no one likes to click on a video and then realize you have no other content mm-hmm. um be consistent thumbnails are actually so important um yes being working the thumbnails 
find your style of thumbnail, experiment. I definitely went through phases with thumbnails and even fonts. And that helps so much. I swear when I got my thumbnail style, like the four picture style with the font, that is when things started clicking. People love to click on a channel and like see an aesthetic yeah. flow of thumbnails. Yes. And tags are super important. If you guys don't use TubeBuddy, you need to. TubeBuddy mm -hmm. is, I pay for the premium version. It's $20 a month, but it is so worth it because they pull tags based on your titles. And then they give you the top ranking titles to put in your box. And then it actually will show you how many times, like if you look up fall morning routine and someone clicks on your video, it'll put how many times someone clicked on your video from the search okay. bar. Um, so that's like one of my biggest tips. Tags are the way you're going to hit the algorithm. Sadly anymore, it's not the thumbnail and the title. It's not just going to like magically hit the algorithm. It's mm -hmm. those tags. It is those likes. It is replying to comments. Please reply to your comments. If you can do it as soon as the video starts going live, I found that has helped when I reply to comments quick because then it just keeps feeding into the algorithm. Mm -hmm. But, and then I feel like a lot of people say to do your own content and be creative. And I agree with that, but only to a certain point, because I do feel like you have to make content that is relative. Like film a fall morning routine, film a fall night routine. It's going to probably yeah. hit some kind of more views than normal and, or just something that you enjoy watching. Like I enjoy, lo I love watching productive vlogs. So then I started making them or I never really was a morning routine gal, but then I was like, I really want to do a fall morning routine. And then it, it pays off. So yeah, definitely being creative and independent, but paying attention to the trends. And then something I learned recently just through like my management and stuff was to be one step ahead of the game. I feel like I shouldn't even share this because it's so good, but to always be one step ahead. So for example, fall morning routines kind of sort of come out around the third week of September based on like last year. So I kind of looked mm -hmm. and see when people posted those last year. So I was like, well, I'm going to be one step ahead of that and post mine the week before. So when people yes. said fall morning routine 2020, mine was the first one to pop up. So I feel like being ahead of the game for anything seasonal is super helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was like one of my biggest tips that I didn't even realize. Um, or like, for example, I never buy things new, but I just bought the new Apple watch. So I'm going to make sure I have a review and unboxing up the day I get it because that's when they start shipping like around like October 9th yeah. is when everyone should be getting there. So I'm going to get that up as soon as possible. So that when people look up Apple watch unboxing, my videos Yours there. will be one of the first. Yeah. So Smart. that's one of my biggest tips that like I never knew. And I'm so happy someone told me. Love that. Well, yeah. that is all I have for you today. You know, that, the time like flew by. I know. Honestly, it does. Wow. Especially when it's such a good like conversation. It yeah. Just by like, so just fast. an easy flowing conversation. Those are the best. Yes. Um. So before you go, do you want to shout yeah. out your socials for anyone listening? Yeah. So my YouTube is just my first and last name, Carter Sullivan. And then my Instagram is Carter Sully, S-U-L-L-Y. And actually those are the only two platforms I use. So <laughs> Awesome. Right. Well, thank you so much once again. Thank you. Thank you guys so much once again for listening to this episode. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you got to know a little bit more about Carter. Or if you didn't know her already, I hope you got to find another fellow content creator that you want to support. And just be like, you know, involved and watch and support the journey. Um, so don't forget to follow her on Instagram and on YouTube. And if you want to follow me on Instagram and YouTube, please don't be shy. You can follow me right now. Um, on Instagram, you can go to at behind the girl boss or at it's Amanda Wan, or you can find me on YouTube. It's Amanda Wan. If you want a little bit of a good laugh, you can go follow me on TikTok at it's Amanda Wan also. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And remember, like I said, manifestation works. So yeah. Please don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it on and I will hear you next time.